I'm Matt Downing, and welcome to Diving Deep EDU. Curious conversations with all types of peeps. Encouraging innovation, we are diving deep. Certainly education is what we like to speak. Fervent with dedication, now it is time to teach. Thanks for tuning in. We are doing a mini quick hitting series on hybrid learning. It's a hot topic these days and something many people are reflecting upon and gearing up for in the next school year. Our guest today is Dominic Trainer. Dominic was a former guest on Diving Deep EDU. Go back, check out our conversation, episode number eight. Dominic comes to us from across the pond, London, England. He is the son of two primary school teachers. And for years, he tried to avoid being teacher like the plague. But in the end, the teaching life won out. Dom is the education evangelist for Adobe, helping teachers to bring learning to life. He is the founder of Lit Film Fest. He is the author of Literacy Beyond the Classroom. Check it out. And he has a great YouTube channel, Digi. Dom, Dom, thanks so much for joining me again. You just got married. Congratulations. <laughs> What's something from the wedding day that made you laugh? And where did you go on your honeymoon? Oh, man, what a day it was. It was lovely. We did it down in um, in Devon, where my mom's from. And mm. I guess something that would make people laugh would be that we got married on the Saturday. And I only told the family on a Wednesday to make sure they had something nice for the Saturday because they didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and how did they respond to that? Oh, it was great because my mum's such a worrier. And so she was like, oh, I'm really glad you didn't give me any more time to worry. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out really nicely. It was perfect. And then we just, she lives on the coast. And so we just walked along the kind of, mm -hmm. uh, the kind of beach up to a little hotel overlooking the headland uh and yeah it was just really nice perfect day absolutely amazing weather especially for the uk well congratulations dom excited for you glad everything worked out my mom probably would have punched me in the face if i would have told her the wednesday before the saturday <laughs> she'd have had every right to <laughs> uh but it's great to talk to you again and uh just wanted to narrow our conversation today on hybrid learning right it's been a big topic and mm -hmm. across the world right and and i know you've done a lot of uh, talking discussing thinking about it and as we reflect even today right as we're thinking back what are some of your big takeaways in respect to hybrid learning yeah i mean this is a huge topic isn't it and i think mm -hmm. um what are my big takeaways i think the biggest one that i took away was that it finally opened the door or at least forced the door open for the for a lot of teachers who weren't necessarily particularly comfortable with technology and online learning and stuff like that and it forced them to see what was behind the curtain and i think you know we would never ever dream of saying that there were um good things about covid but if you had to choose one i think that would be it the fact that um, teachers were forced to kind of modify their practice and and in some sense you know they were given the slack to be able to do that because that's mm -hmm. often you know you can't necessarily see the wood for the trees because things are so busy but when there's such a huge shift like that it forces people to do things that they wouldn't normally do and I think you know 
in a lot of ways, it's really opened up the opportunity for technology to show what it can do, mm. which it hasn't done before. And I think, you know, people talked about, I think one of the things that people were scared about was that technology was going to take over and it would replace people and all the rest of it. And I think this has really been a, a, a brilliant way of showing teachers that technology without teachers is nothing. Mm. Teachers need to be there. And the other thing, you know, in order to make that learning make sense, in order to craft that learning journey. And, and the other thing I think is really interesting is that teachers have kind of seen that they don't have to be the expert. Mm -hmm. One of the things that always used to frustrate me when I was trying to get teachers to use technology was that they, I think teachers have this, this kind of feeling that they need to be the expert at the front of the class in everything they do. Yeah. And they don't because the job of a teacher is a facilitator. Mm -hmm. You know, people often use the phrase, you know, the teacher is the first learner. And I think one of the things which has been great is that it's forced teachers to go, hey, I don't really know that much about, you know, using technology for, you know, whatever it is. Like, like in my case, it would be a lot of media production stuff, you know, really simple stuff, creating graphics or web pages, presentations, videos, that kind of thing. And what it's allowed them to do is to say, hey, you know, we've got some tutorials here. Why don't we all give these a go as a class together? teacher being a learner at the same time as the students or the pupils being learners and that's really meant that it's it's kind of taken the edge off the fact that they need you know the idea that they need to be the expert at the front of the class because they they can suddenly open their mind and say hey there's a tutorial here i mean that's a lot of what i do yeah. create little tutorials where you can embed them into the classwork and it's not um, it's not taking over the class it's just saying hey teacher you do what you normally do whether it's you know, story creation or mm -hmm. fact finding with the kids, do all the normal traditional work because that's, you know, that's the, the, the start for everything you do, whatever, whatever you're producing, if it's digital media. And then you take that and let me help you with that digital media creation bit. And that can be through a really simple tutorial, which means that you don't have to feel like you have to know it all and the, te and the kids need to see that you know it all. You can put that video on just a, you know, just a five minute, 10 minute snippet, whatever it is, and then let them run with it. And I think that's the best thing that's come out of this. Yeah, I agree. It can be very freeing, right? Mm. To, to not have to be the expert on on everything. I mean, it's impossible. But, yes, it's impossible. it's impossible. But teachers <laughs> seem to be like control freaks a little bit and, and they want to control and, and sort of have their hand in everything. And we sort of have to open our hand up and let go. And sometimes it will become better than, than what we could imagine. I did want to get your insight a little bit more on something you said. You said that technology has allowed teachers to do things differently than they would have never done. So one of the examples you shared was that they don't have to be the experts. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that can really transform a classroom beyond just the technology aspect. What are some other ways that you have seen people interact with technology differently um, as a result of this past year? I think one of the things that's been really good is this, and this is something that I think, you know, needs to be adopted, you know, education wide is, mm. you know, the, is digital portfolios. I think we have this, you know, long standing aggressive hangover, you know, <laughs> of 
having to record everything in books. Mm. Uh, you know, certainly in the UK, there's a lot of stuff around, you know, make sure you get something in the books because that's where the evidence is. <laughs> and actually, what with this kind of hybrid learning situation that we've been forced into, you know, for whatever reason, it's meant that actually, you know, I've worked with a lot of schools where kids are starting to create their own digital portfolio of work. So they might create, uh, they might create a video on whatever, you know, something in history, for example, they might create a graphic, like an infographic on, you know, five ways to say, you know, how are you in French, whatever it is. And they, and, you know, they can go through multiple subjects, mm. but then they bring it all together in one place, which is their digital portfolio. And, and rather than it being, you know, because one of the things that used to that's happened quite a lot in the UK is you produce something digitally and then in order to have it in their books, teachers will try and print something out so they can put it in their books to prove that it happened, which to me is total <laughs> madness. Yeah. And one of the things that I really like is that digital portfolios have really been legitimized as a place where here's where you can store work here. And, and, you know, if you want to create a QR code, which links through to that portfolio and, you know, stick that in your book, that's fine. Because then when someone is, you know, looking for evidence on whether, you know, little Matthew has made any progress this year, yes, they can look in their book, but they can also, you know, scan a QR code or visit a short code or something like that and say, oh, wow, as well as the stuff that he's done in the book, he took that further and he produced something, you know, a, a, a digital version of that or you know, expanded on it and took it to a whole nother realm uh, of making a video on it or a web presentation on it or something interactive, whatever it is. And I think that's been really cool. That's great. Some of our listeners are probably wondering, uh, Dom, do you have any suggestions on a digital portfolio platform? Have there been a couple that have that you have seen that have worked really well? Uh, I mean, the one that I use the most, and that's because I work at Adobe, is, is Adobe Spark Page. That's yeah. a really simple one. and. Good. And we've used that from, you know, elementary school right the way through to like higher education. So we'll have university students who, you know, might be creating things, you know, using really sophisticated technology, whether it's, you know, like Adobe Animate or, you know, Premiere Pro, whatever, but yeah. using something as simple as Spark page mm -hmm. in order to bring those things together and just have it as a hub where they can link out to different things. So that's one. Okay. Um, there is Adobe Portfolio. That's more for sort of uh, secondary school users. That's very that's very simple, but very sophisticated. Looks very slick. But then you've got things like uh, Wakelet. Wakelet's yep. really good, yep. and that can take all, you know any sort of media you like. Yep. Uh, you can have it as a you know a, a class page. You could have a class portfolio, for example, or you could have an individual portfolio. They could be linked from there. It can, you know, it doesn't require teacher um, student signups. The teacher can share a, a code for mm -hmm. students to access that, um, you know, particular Wakelet collection, for example. So they would be the ones that I kind of would use the most, I guess. Yeah, and I've used both of those, and I've shared both of those with teachers, and those are those are also my two favorite. Um, mm. You know, Spark page and then Wakelet. And Dom, you have if we get to it in the end, I'll, I'll give you, you know, we'll get into your tutorials, but. I've been able to share those out with, you know, hundreds of teachers, and I really appreciate all the tutorials and the way that you uh, sort of guide us through the learning process. So thanks. And uh, no, thanks to you. Appreciate that. Dom, you've also probably interacted with some people that, you know, this has been hard, right? And there's no way around that. So I did want to address that for a moment. 
What have you seen as maybe some of the biggest struggles, maybe one or two that educators face when they're trying to deal with this type of teaching? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think um, the transition from the transition from things being very pen and paper based mm. that is obviously just a really really normal challenge. I guess the other thing that um, has been kind of interesting is that because you can't sort of because you can't have you know all your students in a room, for example. I think one of the things that people have struggled with is is making sure that work is being done Hmm. and I think one of the things that that's made people really think about is is the curriculum that they're teaching in school actually engaging enough to be done when you're not in the room with Hmm. a big stick making people do it (laughs) do you know what I mean and I think the the curriculum has probably got a lot to answer for now you know certainly in the UK we we're doing a lot of things which I think people are starting to think, you know, is this relevant? Mm. Is it relevant to my future? Uh, is, you know, am I getting the skills uh, I need for my future? And I think that's really making people think, are we, you know, learning at its best is hugely engaging. And when you're yeah. really engaged in learning, you don't notice the time passes. Mm. And we, I think we have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, is the curriculum that we're teaching engaging enough for people to do independently? You know, and maybe with check-ins and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah. But, you know, that is a really interesting one because I think one of the things that I certainly got feedback from teachers on is that when teachers, when, when sort of lockdowns first happened and teachers were attempting to deliver their, their standard curriculum via, you know, Zoom, Google Meets, Microsoft Teams, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I think they were being met with bleeding eyeballs on the other side of the yeah. video screen. Because without that human interaction, you know, human interaction and a bit of banter in class, you know, gets you through a lot of maybe not so, so you know, not such exciting times. Uh, and I think when you don't have that kind of interaction and everybody's kind of sat in their bedroom or whatever, you know, looking into a screen, you really have to start questioning whether the content we're delivering is is engaging enough. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I really appreciate that and sort of encouraging a reflection on the core of curriculum and the engagement piece. That's, that's great. Uh, let's think forward now. Uh, let's envision, you know, the next year or even maybe beyond that. What are some things that you would hope for as we move forward with hybrid learning? Yes, yeah, so this is really interesting because I am doing um, I'm doing a lot of thinking and sort of writing about this at the moment. And mm. one of the things I've been really amazed by um, in the last, you know, in the last year or eighteen months. I mean, God knows how long this has been now. <laughs> Just absolutely no idea anymore. I feel like I'm stuck <laughs> in some kind of Groundhog Day. But um, is is the explosion of online courses. Mm. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, things you can do online now, you can, you know, take a, take an online course to, you know, build your own machines and prototype yeah. them and develop them and all that kind of thing. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like, oh, my God, that's incredible. Like, I just wish we'd been able to do that in school. 
I've seen courses on, you know, learning the art of branding. Uh, you know, that is something that, you know, you know, for someone who's, you know, um, you know, started a few businesses, some more than more successful than others. You know, I was miles behind the curve in terms of branding. And I would really love to see that kind of thing, you know, on a on a on a new style of curriculum for young people. And also things like, I mean, I saw one course from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, and it was it was power and responsibility from superheroes and comic books. Oh, wow. And they were teaching this hugely engaging course about, you know, what are the ethics and the thoughts behind power and responsibility using things like Marvel comics, using things like, you know, Hollywood films. And I just thought, God, what an amazing thing to be able to teach somebody. And I think that's one of the things that I would really like to see going forward is, is for us to start to say, within our school, we have teachers who are experts and they might be subject experts they might be subject knowledge experts and that's fine Uh, but they also might be experts in just teaching maybe they're not like hugely solid in con in terms of content but maybe they just really know how to get kids going maybe they really know how to engage kids and what i would really like to see is this blend where rather than rather than the school saying we are limited by the content and subject knowledge that our teachers have i would love them to say we are completely unlimited in our choice of the kind of course that we can offer because we have master facilitators master motivators master engagers and so we can choose anything we like and we can use the sort of like online master of content or master of subject or whatever it is Mm. and we can blend that with our in-house people our in-house teachers who know the kids who know the content uh, sorry know the context of the kids know the speed at which they need to learn know how to motivate them all of those kind of things and blend those two things together because that in my mind is how you build a super school rather than limit yourself to what subject knowledge you have within the school, which is always going to be limited by humans. Yeah. Allow that to expand out and say, hey, we've got, a, we've got a huge like global sort of menu of content we can take here. Let's harness the power of that from the outside and use our people on the inside to bring that alive for our young people. Yeah, I like the way that you frame that, not just those uh, courses by experts, which are wonderful, right? They're popping up everywhere. They're great. Mm. But I really like the way that you frame that within the context of a school and appreciating the way that teachers can facilitate that learning, even if they're not the ones sort of delivering that expert, you know, 15 minute clip, but the teacher can then like sort of help the student understand it, process it, discuss it, move on and Exactly. And And also be challenged themselves by the content Mm, and be like, like whoa, what does that mean? Let's explore Mm. that together. I don't really get this. I don't really get that. And that's what a master facilitator, that's what a master teacher does. They don't say, oh, listen, if I don't know it, it's not worth knowing. They say, oh, maybe I don't know that either. Let's explore that together. Let's see how that works. And that's how you, you know, if you can, if you, if you can learn something and then teach somebody else, I mean, Mm. that is, that is a superpower. Yeah, I want to go to a school like that or the teachers like that. You know? <laughs> Me and you both. <laughs> Dom, you have some great video tutorials. I want to get your insight on something I've been thinking about. And you've mentioned this a little bit earlier. So, 
you said the UK, people are sort of obsessed with paper and, and having these worksheets. And people are like that across the world as well. So I wanted to ask you a, a sort of a two-part question, one dealing with the tutorials that you create and the other one dealing with that sort of idea. So how do we get the teacher or even help ourselves not just digitize worksheets in an online learning environment? So we're not just taking this, this worksheet and digitizing it and think, okay, that's sort of using technology in a transformative way. And then the other part of the question I wanted to get your insight on is you create these wonderful tutorials and our listeners, you should go check them out on YouTube. And you do such a good job of sort of explaining the tool, but also leading towards student creation. And I wanted to get your insight on that. So that's kind of a lot. Let's start with the digitizing <laughs> worksheet piece, uh, your thoughts on that. And then we'll move over in sort of your thought process and how you create these uh, tutorials with student creation in mind. Yeah. Okay. So with the digitizing worksheets thing, if that's as far as it goes, mm. then there's no progression there. We're just using yeah. a different tool. We're just replacing the pen with the mouse mm -hmm. or the keyboard or whatever. So that, but that's not to say that digitized worksheets don't have a place. You know, mm -hmm. digitized documents don't have a place. Of course, yep. they do. I mean, in a lot of the tutorials that I create, that I will create sort of supporting documents for people to write in and things like that. But I feel like they are they are there for idea generation. You need somewhere to put your ideas down. And I think if we look at this through the lens of sort of creativity, you know, unbridled creativity can often be like a sort of hot mess. And so in order to kind of bring that in into some kind of uh, coherent structure, we're going to need something like, you know, offline worksheets, online worksheets, whatever that is, Google Docs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that helps us to gather our ideas down. And the framework of a worksheet or whatever is really useful because it gives people boundaries, but it also allows people to see where those boundaries are and overstep those boundaries as well. And so digitized worksheets, you know, or writing frames or idea generation tools, whatever, that's absolutely fine. But they should be there as the kind of um, the design phase, the idea generation phase, okay. the drafting phase. Cool. And then the next bit is where, you know, the creativity comes in. And that can be digital creativity and it can be, you know, physical creativity. It can be you know, creativity in the science classroom, whatever, whatever that is. But those, but those worksheets are there as a, as a tool to take you on the next level, which is your creation phase. And that's what I'm really always trying to push is this idea that yes, you can get ideas down on paper uh, or, you know, digital paper, whatever it is, but that should be leading you to yeah. produce something else. And, you know, the, the sort of domain I work in is the sort of digital media domain. And so mm -hmm. that's where I want them to push it to the next level. How, how do you take that, you know, story or poem that you've written or whatever? How do you make that into some kind of, uh, you know, engaging digital narrative? How do you make that into a, a voiceover poem? How do you make that mm -hmm. into, uh, you know, an engaging video narrative? Uh, or, you know, like if you were doing something in the science classroom, for example, you know, how would you, how do you, how would you create, how would you sort of uh, 
video document what you did in a science experiment, for example, show them through the steps, you know, video the steps that you're doing or use images in the steps that you're doing, because what that's doing is it's allowing you to create something which takes things from a page or thing, takes things from a conceptual level and brings it into real life. And the reason why that's important is because it develops, and the way I think about it, it develops kind of uh, memory hooks. And it's sort of, you know, if you create, um, you know, a short montage or you present a camera on something and then you record it on video, voiceover, whatever, that creates a kind of memory hook or an emotional uh, trigger which allows you to keep hold of these you know, globules of information or whatever bubbles of information that you're wanting to retain on a long-term basis. And the more you can do that, the more ways in which you can, uh, you know, represent that, visualize that, you know, digitize that, the better you're going to be at actually retaining that knowledge in a long-term, you know, over the long-term. And that's what we're looking to do. And that's why I think we need to go from this kind of uh, worksheet phase into making, you know, into something more creative, something which allows us to, um, you know, develop, you know, memories, emotions, positive emotions to things so that we can actually recall them at the time when we need them, which is what learning is all about. Yeah. And I appreciate that in your tutorials. I can feel that, right? The scaffolding almost that you create, like, okay, we're going to start here and this is great, but we need to go here. And a lot of times people can miss that first step and they say digitizing a worksheet, we're never going to do that. That's, that's terrible, right? But mm. you're saying sort of like, yeah, let's start there, but we want to go somewhere else. And, and that can be really helpful for, for the teachers that you're engaging with or the students that you're engaging with. Because sometimes if we skip that initial step, we sort of have lost people um, along the yeah, way. Yeah, so. for sure. It, that's the thing. It, it is so true. You, you need that sort of, uh, you know, stable base. Mm -hmm. so that you can go and create something you know weird and wonderful uh, <laughs> which you know floats around in the wind and all the rest of it and also one of the really important things is to you know especially with with creating digital media for example as a product mm -hmm. of you know something that you're learning in class it allows you it gives you something which is much much richer which allows you to reflect on what you have learned you know have you processed this concept in the right way you know, say like it was a scientific con concept and you suddenly create a video on how to, you know, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but how to do excellent, you know, in the science classroom. You know, mm -hmm. if you have some kind of, you know, something which goes beyond just, you know, regurgitating something on a page, it allows you to explore whether, do they actually understand that properly? How they represented that? And, it, and you can share that feedback as a class in a much more engaging way, in a way that people would really want to listen and really want to pick things apart. And I think that's one of the most important things as well that media helps you to do. It allows you to create something which gives you a deeper chance of reflection. Yeah, that's exciting to think about that and to hear you talk about that. All right, Dom, close us out with some tips or final thoughts in regards to hybrid learning. Biggest tip I would say is to take the pressure off yourself and find a tutorial online from somebody who's done it time and time again and can bring learning to life in your classroom and get back to doing what you do best which is having amazing relationships with the learners in your classroom motivating them pushing their buttons pushing them as far as they can go try not to be the expert but be the expert curator that's the thing that i would say be the expert cur curator rather than the subject knowledge expert that's a net you know subject knowledge 
is a never ending, you know, well of despair. <laughs> You'll never get to the <laughs> end of stuff. So just give it up, allow somebody else to take that bit on and be the person that brings that all together because that's what makes people, that's what makes students remember the best teachers, the person who pulled together the, the, the funnest experiences, be that person. Dom, thank you so much for joining me again on Diving Deep EDU. This was a fast-paced and super helpful conversation. Thanks for all your insights and the great examples. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, you need to go back, listen to episode number eight as well, and hear our previous conversation. If you like this episode, subscribe, share it out, and leave a review. All of those things will... Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that shout out. And all those things will help get this podcast out. Leave a review. Until next time. Wow, it's time to reflect. That's astounding. You've been checking out the podcast from Matthew Downing. Hope you like diving deep like a scuba diver. And the show provoked hope. That's our true desire. <laughs>